0: Foster live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Well, greetings and welcome in on a Monday morning, January 24, 2022. Glad to have you back with us. Starting out your morning, about as warm as it's going to be today. 42 degrees right now, and that's your high temperature for the day. We're going downwards after this, so uh might want to get the old dog walk in early today, maybe before you go to work instead of in the afternoon, uh, because we're going to cool down now. Uh, that, that's the short-term cool down, high 22 tomorrow, low overnight at zero. But then, guys, just telling you, the, the, the extended forecast after that, again, continues. To chop weeks off or days off, I guess I should say, of winter. Because once you get through 22 tomorrow, which is by no means like unbearable, after that, 38, Wednesday, 39, Thursday, 42, Friday, 49, Saturday, 45, Sunday, 52, Monday, Tuesday, 46, Wednesday, 33. You are then into February. You are then into the first week of February. And, and Mark, I by no means. Expect to get through a winter without winter, but I will continue to celebrate when weeks are chopped off winter. Yeah, you do, and I will. I will continue to say we're. I'm I'm not saying we're we're not going to get absolutely blitzed in February at some point because I think we will. I think. I think
2: Mother Nature is Mother Nature is a way of balancing things. Is
1: going to get us back, and it may last into March, but. My optimism is about the fact that there just isn't going to be this long, seemingly never-ending period. It might be two weeks in February if it's bad, but that's what it's going to be. Then you're going to have two weeks, and then we're, uh, you know, it's bearable the rest of the time. We're get, we are getting close. Another week of the extended forecast looking like that, Mark, and we did, really get into winter without winter territory. Did, did you have you been bribing Rusty? I mean, yeah, I don't know what's happened. I, mean, I don't know what's happened, and I know all of the. I know people say, "Well, we need the moisture." Like yes, we, we need, do. Uh, 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 who needs it
2: exactly? The ground for what? For, for so that the ground needs moisture to keep things, you know, solid. You get cracking. then you, know, you get that big cold spell. Goes a lot deeper. It'll kill roots. Okay, you, you need moisture. My
1: grass still looks kind of green. I'm just. Well,
2: I, I mean, because you painted I, it last. I'm fall. starting
1: to think I maybe ought to go out there and mow
2: here sometime. Well, I think week. you probably did. You ever get your snowblower fixed? I
1: didn't. I don't think I need to. I don't think I need to. But I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up because it was uh, it's a video that's um, it, I was very proud when I thought I had fixed my snowblower, which hadn't been starting, and I I don't even remember what I did now. Drained the gas and put some oil in it or something. I don't remember. I looked it up. I figured out how to do it on YouTube. And I had this big reveal. I did a live Facebook video and was going to start it and show off that I can actually do some, you know, handyman type things, which was fixing my snowblower when it didn't so work. So you were
2: trying to be a mechanic. Uh,
1: yeah. And and got, and got I pulled the cord. It started. Woo! Applause. Everybody's going nuts. But when I pulled it, I ripped the cord out of the... Uh, out of the, I don't know, the... Winder. The
2: winder. The auto winder.
1: And and then I looked at that, and I was like, I have done...
2: I, I've done what I can at this I've point. i got a snowblower, a, and I have never pulled the, the cord. Why not? An electric starter. Oh, okay.
1: I don't have that fancy stuff. I don't have that fancy stuff. So, I, so anyway, so I did that, and that's... Uh, I mean, people still come up. That video was last year. It was about a year ago, right? And it was not staged... Uh, there were people who believed it was stage. I don't know why I would have staged that. You can ask my family. Snowblower still sits there, but I haven't had to use it this year. So I haven't. I actually had a guy contact me who's a listener to the show, said he could fix it for me, and I've been meaning to bring it to him and have him do that for me. I probably still will, but I just, you know, with the forecast, not looking too daunting, I I haven't. But in response to that, there have been people who said, hey, Jack, your your issues with uh, home improvement, mechanicry, mechanicry, um, uh, handyman type things is we wouldn't say inspiring to us, but it is entertaining to us. Entertaining and, that that one and, like. And so blade. they've said we and because sometimes I've talked about on I've talked about lots of times on the show. My handyman
2: projects. Well, I, you've talked a lot more about how many trips you make to the hardware store. How
1: start. many trips are you make to the hardware store? Remember when I put in a new toilet that one time and that whole story? <laughs> what was, I mean, I,
2: you I, had 12 or 13
1: <laughs> it trips? It was unbelievable. And I've told the stories and I've tweeted about them and someone said, yeah, We need a, a TV show, they say, about like uh, like this old house with Bob Vila but uh, Jack Mitchell fixing up his house. And so yesterday, uh, my. my uh, my wife and daughter had something going on during the day, but um, they said, while we're gone, uh, she had had one of her, I still don't know what they're called, but like the thing in, on a closet wall, my daughter's closet, that hangs the rod that the clothes hangs on. So like a bracket mm-hmm. hanger thing, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. That had need to be replaced. It had come down. It was on a book, And so I said, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be, the hand. this is simple. I can do this. Uh, We'll kind of go through the steps. People love YouTube how-to videos. I'm going to show everybody that I can I can do this Uh, So I brought the video camera in the closet way in the deep corners of the closet uh, And I went about trying to put it up Uh, a half hour of video later uh, That has now been posted to YouTube It was sort of fixed
2: (laughs) <laughs> but you, you mean just putting up a closet? Uh, that's it.
1: Yes, uh, I know. It, it sounded easy to me, but there was a there was a previously a board that was on there that it was right. on, which that's, that
2: came down, and then well, you see, that's designed to spread the weight. Yeah, out. and you, you you did replace the board, right? No. Oh, you went right into the drywall. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> it didn't go. Well, I, I, well, that's you an get, understatement. You got, that and you, well. get pl- uh, you get drywall dust all over, too. Yeah. It got a lot of holes in that. It's like Swiss cheese up in that <laughs> wall right now. But is it an outside wall? Uh,
1: yeah, I think so. so you- I guess it would be by the... Uh, I think so. Well, you probably I mean, dealing with insulation then. I didn't see the insulation. It was pretty hollow, except for one area. Anyway, you should watch the video, Mark. Maybe you can, uh, you, I mean, you will oh. at very least. I share some techniques that I like to use uh, on, on some of these projects. If you want to see the video, it's up. Uh, you can go to my YouTube page. Or if you follow, follow me on Twitter at JackMitchellLNK. I've, I've tweeted out. It's a YouTube link. I only released part one last night to keep everybody... You know, oh, you're doing the yeah, the just tease. To tease a little bit wow. part one, part two drops tonight. So make sure you get caught up, you don't want to get behind, and so make sure you get caught up to see the exciting finish. Just another uh, half hour production. It's each of them is 15 minutes, the second oh. one's 18 minutes long, okay. And then tomorrow, I'll tell you how the whole thing resolved, which will maybe not, I should just watch
2: which Christmas will, vacation instead. Will not,
1: yeah. All right, so there you go. That was my uh. That was my weekend. Uh, all right, what do we have? Uh, it's kind of a little slow today, Mark. It is. Uh, it's I mean, qu- not, not in a bad way, but I mean, no, I mean, coming in on Monday morning, I can't uh, I can't see. Uh, I mean, that was my number one story was I tried to fix my daughter's closet
2: pole hanger thing. You didn't watch any football?
1: Oh, yeah. Now that that was, Mark, that was a weekend of football. And I am an unabashed NFL vagabond. In terms of fandom, I switch over years. I kind of, I'm kind of the, people kind of hate this about me sometimes, but I sort of, like, based on who's got the most Huskers or players that I like, I kind of switch between teams. You know, for a while, it was definitely the Chiefs, and then uh, for a while in my life, it was the Lions. For a while in my life, early years, 49ers with Craig and Rathman. I've bounced around teams. I'm, I've, I've, So been you watch it. the Bucs. I'm, I'm polygamous when I... um when I deal with NFL football teams. So I watch all the games. I mean, most of all of the games. And I'll tell you what, even not having... You know you've got a good sport, a quality product, when games where I don't have a dog in the fight, where I legit don't care who wins, in three out of four games I didn't legit didn't care who won, uh, where you are just absolutely glued to them and literally cheering for them to go to overtime... So you can see more football because you, it's
2: so good. You think there are some kickers that are going to get extent, uh, oh, contract man. extensions? So you had th-
1: the first three games, you had uh, kickers from away teams make a walk-off kick yep. to, to get the upset in, in the first three games. And so everybody was saying, this is the greatest greatest NFL weekend ever, greatest NFL <laughs> and, uh, playoff and, weekend. And then, and then that the Bill's Chiefs game happened. Wow. And Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen put on an absolute, and honestly, especially Josh Allen, put on an Unbelievable show. uh, Just score after score at the end. Then it goes to overtime. And the only thing that stunk about it is with the overtime rules, I mean, unless you're a Chiefs fan, this doesn't stink. But once you score a touchdown, the game's over. over. We never got to see Josh Allen again, which I would have absolutely liked. But you're absolutely right. It was congratulations to our uh, Chiefs fans. I know we got a lot of them who. uh, That final 13
2: seconds of the fourth quarter, something. That was,
1: was, I mean, I thought they were done. I really did, and by the way, we got a text from Midtown Dave. Sent us a picture. He went to the game. He said it was his really? first. He said it was his first ever Chiefs game. How in the heck did a divisional playoff game that was just an unbelievable game you got as your first Chiefs game? He said it was the loudest crowd ever for me. Oh, and, and man, you that's could, true. You can see that Tony Romo was just talking about how deafening the crowd was there in that game. So, uh, Chiefs advance to take on the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Next Sunday, i got to be honest, uh, with, between Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow and Stanley Morgan plays for the Bengals, they've kind of become my new team. So, uh, sorry, Chiefs fans. Uh, well, you know,
2: well, yes, I'm not, I'm not going to
1: live and die with this one. John, like a John just turn one. his mic off. I, so, I mean, I would love to. How can you cheer against Zach Taylor? I don't know how you can cheer against how Zach Taylor. How can you not cheer for the big red? That's not the big red. Uh, nobody. It calls is this them. coming weekend. Nobody calls them the big red. It's you know. I'm not gonna li- again. It's not gonna be like a Husker sporting event where I'm gonna just be pacing and living and dying. But I would love to see Zach Taylor and uh, and the Bengals get a win there and, and get a chance to go to the Super Bowl because I'm a big fan of Zach. Wash uh, your mouth so. out with mouth and then on the other side, uh, Bengals and or excuse me, Rams and 49ers and uh, I, mean, I don't care. I'd rather see the Rams in there. I think the Forty Niners. I used to like Forty Niners, and I, for some reason, I think the Forty ers have the best uniforms in the NFL.
3: I don't think Mark's going to be too happy
1: with me. I'm rooting for Cincinnati this weekend. I'll say it. Why is that? Any reason? I don't like John? Kansas
2: City. Okay, it comes oh, down to that. Uh-oh. I don't
1: like the Chiefs. All right. So, there, John. I should mention John behind the board today. Caleb is out. Uh, I think he's okay with me saying this. Under the weather, so it's hit all of us we will see (laughs) we will see how long that means he is out um hopefully he's doing fine but you you guys all know how this goes now right Uh, i don't have to i don't think i have to spell it out but we'll see we'll see so we may be maybe a week without he was supposed to have tuesday and wednesday off anyway though so
2: he has not had enjoy your vacation he's not had good luck with days off he is
1: not he is not so anyway yes you'll uh, you'll hear uh, john a little bit here this weekend and uh, miss if but if he's gone a long time we might get him by zoom since we've uh, figured out how to do that uh okay mark anything is uh, you know
2: anything else we do need to hit here before not, we get started? not not really there was kind of an interesting uh, our um, lfr and lpd uh, came to the rescue of a couple of guys last night about shortly after 6 um they were in a pickup north 55th street 600 block not too far north of, oh um, left the road, hit a parked car. Uh, car, a vehicle parked in the driveway. LFR, LPD gets there. They're both totally unresponsive. Oh, and forced their way in. Administered Narcan to both. Oh but, man. And uh, yeah, I heard your story on that. So yeah. yeah, you know, it's a good thing they they carry that Narcan. By the way,
1: Narcan it. for those who don't know, this is that's what they give people who have opioid
2: over op- o- overdoses. Oh, yeah, drug overdoses. Yeah. And uh, found quite a bit of drugs in the vehicle and. The driver admitted to it. He's facing charges. So, you know, when you get something like that going down the street, both end up unresponsive and into a parked vehicle could have been a whole lot worse.
1: And let's hope we'll get into this a little bit in the sound off, Mark, and probably the morning drive as well. Um, A lot of parts of the country look like they're maybe rounding the bend with uh, COVID COVID. uh, positive test numbers. Uh, if you look at the the country's statistics and uh, of course, you know things got here a little later with omicron, so I think you're a little yeah we're about a month behind what new york yeah, yeah i as far as what, I tend to think of kind of the new year's New year's weekend as the beginning of the exponential growth, but as i I had said. Earlier on the show, I think I said last week sometime, if you look at all of the countries and other regions where this has had the increase and then the decrease, the time between the exponential increase and the beginning of the decrease is roughly a month it, right. in, in almost all the... You know, if you look South Africa, if you look at uh, UK, uh, even if
2: you look like New York City now, all they, of those things. And, and, and so, the, the drop is fairly significant.
1: Yeah, uh, the drop is similar to the rise. Yeah. Um, it looks like kind of a uh, triangle if you take a look at the graph. And so... Fingers crossed, knock on wood. Um, if those numbers hold, that would be that would be uh, the end of this week where that starts here.
2: The only other thing in the world, uh, things are not looking good in Ukraine right now. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: I know you you probably follow that a little bit more closely yeah. than I do in others. Just what's up? I mean, I know there's been constant discussion about the potential of Russia invading.
2: NATO is sending some troops into Ukraine to bolster them. Uh, they're sending some warships into the Baltic. A couple of the NATO countries. A uh, bunch of ammunition and other uh, military gear arrived from the U.S. are evacuating um, American citizens from Ukraine now, starting today, embassy family, things like that. So wow. somewhere along the line, that could get a uh, little bit testy for some people. And then uh, China yesterday um, flew a couple of military jets very close to the Taiwan coast. They are also taking notice of things in the world. Oh,
1: interesting. These world geopolitical events are happening nine days, right? Before the, uh, is that what it is? Something like that. Before the Olympics are set to start. Yeah. And one of them involving China and of course the, the Russia, Ukraine thing, Oof. man, that thing. And now they're talking about, I think they said there's concern about the, uh, the air quality in China and that they're concerned is an issue as well. Man. Do these things still end up being postponed or canceled? I, if they go off as much as they can without a hitch right now, I would be, I, I, I feel like I'd be a little surprised.
2: I did but, read that NBC is not sending many, if any, announcers. They're uh, all going to be remote.
1: Uh, all right. And uh, hopefully, we can get some Husker basketball men's and women's going again here this uh this week. All right, we'll take a break. 625 on KLIN.
0: Before you hit that drive time, stay alert with Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. You Foster a look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln, and conversation on how that news
1: affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, 636, 42 degrees in the capital city. Welcome back to LNK Today with Jack and Friends. I'm Jack Mitchell. Caleb Henry out today. I was uh, supposed to be here today, but uh, under the weather, and I uh, got a couple of days off Tuesday and Wednesday, so... We'll see maybe we'll uh maybe maybe we'll hear or see him Thursday maybe we'll have him virtually on Thursday. You know, it's just this uh this uh time we're in right now. I'm sure all of you have been through things like this as well. And so, yeah, uh hopefully we'll uh we'll hear from Caleb, but hopefully he's feeling feeling okay and uh getting some R&R here when he gets his day off. Uh all right, it is time to jump in to our sound off. Today here's what we've got going uh let 's start with this, okay uh, wh- wherever you are um, in uh, politically uh, when it comes to national politics uh, I, I one of the things that's clear right now is the the Biden polling numbers as it stands now for a lot of reasons are not looking uh particularly good now that of course ebbs and flows during a presidency we've we've seen that before um but it does bring up a lot of talk and speculation and and given his age as well uh, is he going to uh is he going to be the next democratic nominee uh does he want to be uh does the democratic party want him to be well uh well, the numbers are interesting right now. Let's find out what they're saying and what that might mean.
2: 60% of voters surveyed say they would vote for someone else in 2024. Perhaps more telling is that only 48% of Democrats would definitely reelect President Biden today. More than half of respondents don't like the president's handling of COVID, the economy, and foreign policy. 73% say they feel the economy is only in fair to poor condition. And 43% say inflation's effects will be a major issue for more than a year. Why is that? 48% blame it on government policy, while 42% say the pandemic is to blame. Gernal Scott, Fox News.
1: All right, so if you look at those, like I just pulled up one of the, the odds makers on if it's not Biden, who it might be. Um, Biden, of course, is the favorite, but... Not, I mean, he's close to a fifty-fifty bet on just as just being the the nominee. Um, he's at he's at plus one thirteen right now. So if it was plus one hundred to be an it'd be an even bet. Um, Kamala Harris one ninety-five, so she's in second. Then it's a big jump after them. So the odds makers at least still think it will be one of those two. But interesting to see who the names are if not them. The the highest non-current executive branch. Office holder is Elizabeth Warren, 1750 then Michelle Obama at 2150 Gavin Newsom at 2500 and Pete Buttigieg at 2825 And then after that, it just gets to, you know, I mean, AOC, that's not going to happen. Uh, Sherrod Brown, uh, no. Amy Klobuchar, uh, probably not. Uh, Cory Booker. And then you get to like Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Michael Bloomberg, Bloomberg level. So uh, interesting to to see on that, and um, you know, I, the interesting thing will be when you have to make a decision on that. I mean, and and he said so far, everything is indicated that he's he's planning to, but if if the party feels like there's a there's going to be a, a weakness or an uphill battle there. What do they do to try and try and go a different direction, or do they at all? I mean, right, it, honestly, it doesn't. That doesn't seem like a good idea. I mean, this is from a strategic perspective because I don't see any of those names and and be like, okay, yeah, that that would be a stronger candidate in, in an election. I'm looking at well, I will say, maybe Michelle Obama, frankly, maybe. Uh, Would be where you say, okay, that that look, but I have no idea if that's even a a possibility at this time. So anyway, an update there on polling. Uh, You know what today is, guys? Exciting! Uh, Call the accountant or get the old tax software fired up on your computer. It is the first day you can file your federal income taxes.
4: The IRS says today is the first day Americans can begin filing their taxes with them. It's several days earlier than last year's filing start. The tax agency's warning there could be pandemic-related delays this year on their end, that there's a backlog of claims, and they complain that budget cuts have impacted them as well. Officials advise people to get their paperwork together and note correct amounts received in expanded child tax credit payments and COVID relief payments. April 18th is the final day to file or request an extension jessica rosenthal fox news
1: okay uh, legitimate question as someone who files his own taxes is that uh, do you get is there going to be some kind of a notification somewhere do i need to do my own accounting of those child tax payment credits because like a lot of people we we got them i didn't want to get them but, but The IRS made it very difficult for me. I don't know if any of you had this issue, but trying to opt out of it was just, it just didn't work. They didn't, they wanted to, I had to verify my identity with them and they didn't, they wanted a a loan number, um, or there were like four different things. None of them worked. And I finally just gave up and I was like, all right, well, just, you know, put them in savings and, and remember when tax time comes. But it's interesting. Um, Jeremy said, "We got a statement letter in the mail. Good. Okay, maybe we have that. That might be fun. I have a tax tax documents pile, so I at least want to know what they are. But I didn't want. I just didn't want to take the hit when it came to, to paying the taxes. So, um, so we'll see how that impacts things going forward. And then there's the COVID relief funds as well. I always, I don't, I always pick like a uh, about this time of year, usually in early February. I pick like a Friday night when we've got going on, nothing going on." okay i I find some good music to play i i uh i hopefully put a basketball game on on t v or something I get myself in a good comfortable place i get everything off the floor around me and then I start doing my own system with with doing the taxes on the uh on that home software and is there anything more You know, I've had the experience of watching on my phone sporting events that I really want to go a certain way and I can't watch it in person and I'm just waiting for it to refresh and see what the score is. The, the the one thing that may be more intense waiting to refresh than that is going through that personalized tax software when it says your current refund or your current amount owed, and then you go through another page, you're like, oh, no, <laughs> what's happening? What's going to happen when I place submit on this one and watching the whole thing go through? So, um, yeah, here we are at this time of year. Now, remember last year they, they kept pushing it back, the tax day. They had a later day where you could first start and then wasn't it in the summer the actual taxes weren't doing the sun until the summer last year um, they pushed it back so far but back to back to the normal schedule although it sounds like the IRS is struggling a little bit in terms of uh, their ability to process all of these uh, all right other things going on have you guys seen gas prices lately? whoa just when you thought a few weeks ago maybe we were on the way down maybe uh maybe a situation where we're going to be back under two dollars for a uh, for a decent amount of time Whoop right back up and we got more from industry analyst trilby lundberg on that
3: if oil prices don't reverse themselves and
4: fall significantly very soon this means we will probably have a few more pennies rise at the pump because retailers and refiners can't just keep
3: slashing their margin they're going to have to recover some of these higher costs
1: it looks like that's already happening right now if you just go around down i saw uh, one of the places that I often go to, right by my house, I believe I saw three thirteen. Or excuse me, uh, what would be two thirteen yesterday? Um, and it, and I thought, you know, it was, it was not long ago at all that that was at one ninety eight, one ninety nine. Um, so yeah, excuse me, three thirteen. I had, I've got, I'm a dollar off. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. You, you knew what I mean though. Um, so you still you, i mean even at the like the big box uh, membership stores the sams and the costco they're they're getting close like costco it says right now 294 sams club 289 um but then you see you know regular prices at at a whole lot of other places 309 312 uh so going up right now here as well and if you, you believe what tribal lumberg said there um they're they're trying to kind of artificially keep them down because oil is so high right now but they may not be able to do that forever um, just a little bit more on on um, on covid cases uh, United States as a whole starting to see cases turn that curve parts of the country already have. What's next for this whole thing?
0: Despite increased breakthrough infections, new CDC data show a booster dose of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine is still highly effective in preventing serious illness. The CDC director defended her agency's continuing policy to not include boosters in its definition of fully vaccinated, explaining vaccine eligibility varies from person to person. New modeling from the Mayo Clinic predicts the Omicron surge will peak in the US before the end of January followed by a steep drop in cases. A federal judge issued a temporary injunction against enforcing President Biden's vaccine mandate for federal workers until litigation is resolved.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, if they did a temporary injunction, you've got not a great chance of succeeding on the merits of the case then, most likely. But uh, yeah, just in terms, I mean, if you look at the case numbers right now, I just pulled this up. New York Times does a good job of of tracking uh, the case numbers so you can go to any... Um, any country, any state that you'd like to. The the U.S., they've got the U.S. peaking out in cases on January 15th. So... um January 18th, January 18th, I just had to zoom in a little bit more. January 18th was the day. So a week a week ago what tomorrow week last Tuesday was the day. And so they've already got it going down in that situation. Um, and now you look at you know Nebraska, you look at Iowa, some of the places in the Midwest, you're just on like a it looks like maybe you're on the very precipice, if not a day or so of them starting to go down. It's always a little wonky during the weekend. Uh, with the reporting that goes along there, but look to be on the precipice and then you like you know you go to New York City first place that this was uh, reported they peaked out on January eleventh okay that was their that was their highest day they have all they have gone down now let me just give you an idea so pre the exponential turn up they had um, seven day average of two thousand five hundred and ninety cases that was kind of a baseline okay that 's where it kind of hovered around during the peak they had 40,000, seven-day average. Okay? Now they're back down to 12,000. So, I mean, it just gives you, a, so about 2,500, 40,000, 7,000. Those are the three spots that they were. And if, if the, the bell curve continues like it's going, they're going to be back to their baseline in a week to 10 days, looking at the chart. Um, and, and the time period between the turn-up and when it would be, so let's say 10 days, uh, that would be, what, February Let's say February fifth, latest. uh, The bell curve began going up big time on December thirteenth. So again, you you're looking at a month and a half, month and three quarters in most of these places where, when from when the bell curve really went up to when it's kind of hit back to the baseline, month till it starts going down. I'm generalizing here, but just to give you some idea, about a month till it starts going down, and then another. Um, to Another three weeks or so till it gets back down to the baseline. And it looks like uh, I would say the area that we're in, in in Lincoln, we hit that month at the end of this week. So if, if that would hold, you, you're looking at the end of February to be back to kind of that, that baseline that we were in for all of the, you know, almost all of the summer and fall. Um, all right, moving on, and then you know, then maybe you hopefully it just becomes a kind of an endemic seasonal thing, and we can finally move on from uh, from this whole thing. What t- almost two years later after this, but uh, we'll continue to see. Uh, this is interesting. So I know you had some school kids that have been getting Fridays off four days school week because of staff shortages, but some countries are thinking about extending this, not necessarily because of COVID, probably has something to do with it, but extending this idea of the four-day work to all of their workers. I should say, some companies are thinking about doing this.
4: Starting in June, roughly 30 companies right now are expected to participate in a trial run of the four-day work week in the UK without a cut in pay to employees. The trial's being run by think tanks, nonprofits, and researchers with Cambridge and Oxford Universities, as well as Boston College. The president of Canon Medical Research Group in Europe has signed his UK branch up for the pilot, saying the pandemic has changed the focus of work-life balance. Iceland has already tested this and said productivity increased. Microsoft Japan tested this back in 2019 and said productivity jumped 40%. An economist at the University of Texas, though, told The Atlantic, this doesn't really help those in hourly wage jobs who want more hours to make more money. All right. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. Well,
1: true, but, I, I mean, that, that's true, but the, the places that are giving you a four-day work week and and you know you've got a lot of hourly workers there they're probably staying open they're probably already work going 7 days a week um so i i don't know that that that's connected to it it'd be fascinating it'd be interesting to try it's uh, you know what's the theory what is the reality about why that does supposedly increase productivity suggest that you feel you you spend your time that you are working because there's less of it a whole lot more efficiently? Is it because you're just in a brighter, happier mood because you get three day weekends and you're less burnt out on your job? I'd, I'd be fascinated by that whole process, but you know, in a lot of these things, our industry, many of the industry you, you guys are in, it's, that's just not a reality. It's just, it's not going to happen, but we'll see what the, uh, what the, the extent when they get going with that this summer, if it becomes more of a, a ubiquitous thing here, this is interesting. So uh, we I don't know if you knew this or not, but NASA is going to send people to the moon again here in a few years and eventually to Mars. And they're starting to plan for these. It's It's a ways away still. But one of the things they're really interested in is perfecting the way, especially when you have a long trip to Mars, the way that astronauts are able to eat when they go on that voyage and they're looking for some help. NASA will test fly its new moon rocket in March, aiming to return humans there in 2025 and soon after send humans
3: to Mars. And while rockets and other technology needed already exists, NASA is still wondering how to feed a Mars-bound crew. That's why they've teamed up with Canada's space agency to offer a million dollars in prizes to people who submit their idea for new kinds of food and food preparation for sending humans far away with no way to send resupply ships. Eben Brown, Fox News.
1: Okay, but the, the trip to Mars, w- when they do that, about 300 million miles. <laughs> so a one-way trip to Mars is going to take seven to nine months. it would all take about 21 months. So y- you understand why, I mean, the, the bigger issue isn't necessarily the the taste, or something like that. I mean, this is a legit storage concern. That's a t- imagine all, all of the food that you and you know your family, your household eats in a period of twenty twenty one months, and how, how or where you would ever ever store something like that. How you would keep it fresh. All of those things. I I guess I assume they were just gonna you know being a uh, child of eighties. I thought they were gonna fill this whole thing up with Tang and what that crunchy ice cream do you guys remember that the the astronaut ice cream we used to go to the uh the old sack air museum uh, i've been to the new one too but the old one is one where i always went field trips and that was the thing you always got at the gift shop was that crunchy ice cream and you always regretted it every single time it was never oh it's astronaut ice cream it's fantastic and you eat it i was like i want real ice cream uh last but not least, uh I know it's not Christmas season, I know it's not, but a little something to look forward to, entertainment-wise, for next Christmas season. Or maybe it'll be terrible. I don't know, but it's all about the reboots these days, and the movie that you have a chance to watch over and over and over and over and over again on Christmas Eve. Well, it's gonna officially have a part
4: two. No, no,
2: I want an official I do you want to get rid of my leg
4: You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Ralphie is coming back and he's all grown up. Peter Billingsley, who played Ralphie in the classic A Christmas Story, has just closed a deal with Legendary
5: and Warner Brothers for a sequel to the 80s film titled A Christmas Story Christmas. Billingsley will star and produce the film for HBO Max. Vince Vaughn is also producing via their Wild West Picture Show productions. The sequel is set in the 1970s and shows Ralphie returning to his house on Cleveland Street during the holidays. Production begins next month. Michelle Polino, Fox News.
1: Okay, a couple of questions. Number one, my assumption is it'll suck. But on the other hand, Cobra Kai, I thought, would suck, and is fantastic. And that's what... I mean, that's a... That's a review, too. But the original... Now, the weird thing about about the Christmas stories, people thought it was set in the... I, I thought for a while it was set in the the modern day where it was made. That thing came out in the 80s, and it was set in, what, the, the late 40s, early 50s, that it was actually set in. And then... So now, they're going... Thirty some years, thirty some years later, and they're, it's going to be set in the seventies. Then their question is, "Are mom and dad still alive?" The actor, actor, and I, I assumed not, but I don't know off the top of my head. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to check that out. But you gotta, I mean, can he go home and not have the same parents? We, we can't. All right, I'm, I'm looking it up to see exactly who is uh, still Darren McGavin was dad. Uh, Darren McGavin. Darren McGavin died in 2006. Okay, so Darren's not gonna be there. Uh, Randy, now Randy, he is—he's still alive. He's 47 years old now. Mom is, uh, oh, she's she's still alive. Melinda Dillon, she is still alive. Okay, so there you go. Maybe mom will just uh, mom will just be home. All right. Well, I'll, uh, I don't have HBO Max, so I'll probably never see it. 656 LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Take a break on KLIN.
0: You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right,
1: 658. Coming up at 7 o'clock hour. We have our morning drive. The five things we're going to be talking about today... Uh but the other thing that I need to get into is Caleb and I had set this as the deadline for our official rules is what constitutes a local restaurant for Munch Madness this year. So uh we're going to we're going to run that back and and make that determination day. We're going to be decided by today. Mark Vale also have news. Mark what do you have?
2: Well, we got a little traffic accident in kind of a busy spot. 35th and Oscar westbound inside lane is blocked to car accident. Okay. That's kind of a busy place. Yeah,
1: uh, it absolutely is. So uh, watch out. Maybe uh, take an alternate route if you're going to be going westbound on that intersection. All right. So, yeah, we have the, uh, the, the, the Munch Madness, the official decision. I think I've made my decision, last chance to change my mind on what constitutes a local restaurant for Munch Madness 2022. And then a little bit later in the show, Tim Maruza is going to join us. A lot of talk to talk about with Nebraska News and Politics. We'll get into that coming up at 810. And then uh, Dirk Chatlin. After that. All right, grab a break right now. It's 7 o'clock. KLIN, Lincoln. From the Momo 99.3, KLIN. All right, welcome back. It's 7 42 degrees as that temperature starts to drop down a bit. And uh, that will, we've probably already seen our high temperature today. Uh, At 43 degrees as uh, we're going a little bit lower, it'll cool off throughout the course of the day. And then we get kind of that one day, you know, seasonal cold spell, a high of 22 tomorrow. And then, but if you kind of go forward after that, man, you're in either the high 30s, the 40s, or the 50s for the next week plus going forward. Probably through the rest of January, of course. As you know, those forecasts are always subject to change. Well, um, Caleb is out today under the weather, but he and I had uh, spoke last week that uh, we were making today a bit of a a deadline. Um, Munch Madness 2022, I believe this is volume 12, 12th annual Munch Madness, uh, starts next month. Okay, uh, I know it's in March. The voting happens in March, but the selection shows in advance of that. It's coming up Friday, February eighteenth. We'll blow out the show. Our sponsor this year, University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. But what always happens, okay, with Munch Madness, despite having done this for over a decade, uh, is that we hear from restaurants, we hear from listeners, we hear from patrons of restaurants, and they say, "Well, we didn't." We didn't know the rules. We didn't know what the selection situation was. How did we, we wanted to get involved in this. So I'm trying to bring it up frequently so we can spread the news about how it works exactly. If you're a first-time listener, haven't been through much madness before, it is what it sounds like this time of year. Everybody does brackets on things. Well, we've been doing them before, really. Anyone was except for the NCAA, where we would pair up restaurants and have a bracket style voting competition, uh, all in good fun, to crown a Munch Madness champion. And uh, we're going to do that in there. Over the years, we've done genres of-, of food, you might call them. We've done best pizza a couple of times, we've done uh, best burgers, we've done best breakfast food, we've done best uh, b- like barbecue. Um, We've done Best World Food. We've, We've gone through the gamut. And frankly, we've sort of hit most of the genres that work for this sort of a format without just kind of going back through and doing them again or getting really specific. And so we decided last year to go more general. And we said, you know what, and especially last year, we really want to help the local restaurants out. Just, you know, not all of them can can afford to do huge marketing campaigns. That's, that can be a little bit difficult. So we're just going to say any restaurant that's defined as local can be in the field. And we're also going to expand the field, which has traditionally been 32 fields all the way up to 64, what you normally see in the NCAA tournament. And so we did that last year, and I, I loved it last year. I had more restaurants involved, learned about more new restaurants than I ever had. Uh, wanted, now i 'm going to warn you, it gets difficult at the end of February and March not to be uh, using your go out to lunch, uh, not to be using your go out to lunch money like every week going to these places. That absolutely happens now here we go. here is the here is what my existing plan for the definition of local is because this is where there 's two places where controversy happens. Number one is the definition of local. And we had to, I mean, we've got to come up with this. We have to have a rule of thumb. Otherwise, it's the wild, wild west on this thing. Last year, here's what we did. This was the rule last year. In terms of location, they've got to have a rough 25-mile radius from from Lincoln. And I'm not going to get down to the, you know, half-mile if if you put a twenty five mile ring around the city of Lincoln, uh, or or some place touching the city limits of the city of Lincoln, um, I'm, we're going to say you can be in. We had like a question about Ashland. Like if, if you really want an Ashland place in, just think of the the general length you would drive just to go out to eat, and what that would be. Okay, um, would would you go to Waverly? Probably. Would you go to Hickman probably would you go to York? probably not it's it's just a little bit of a field thing. so that's the best I can do to put something really objective on there and I haven't had a lot of complaints about this, although okay and then, so let me continue so that's part one of this number two, they have to have originally started within that radius, so they had to originate within our quote, listening area, that 25-mile radius. Not something that started elsewhere and came here. Number three, they serve food, so not like a bar only, but but if they serve food, they're eligible. And then number four, and this was the sticking point last year with a lot of people, not be a regional chain. And that's because I want to focus on a little bit more of the the small business-type places. That gets sticky, too, though. What is and what isn't a... Regional chain here. Now, what we said that will mean is if it started in this area and there are a location or a couple of locations slightly outside of that that ring will will allow it as long as there was an original location. The first location was right here, but but and uh, you know your Valentinos, your Runza, your Amigos, those are regional chains. And the most controversial omission based on that definition there aren't a ton of these but the most controversial def- definition that that applied to was last year was daily Owns. because they have they've got a location I believe in Sioux City they're all the way out in western Nebraska they have a lot of locations I mean they're as much now of a regional chain I think is you know it may not have the ex- you know exact number of locations but there's much of a, a regional chain and I don't say that in a negative way by the way I just ask the, how much money I spend in all of these. So um, I got a text that said, Da Vinci should be allowed, family owned and operated, and feeling the pain of COVID. Well, as long as they're part of that definition I just gave, they are allowed. I believe they started. Did they not start here? Um, I don't believe they are a regional. I think all of their locations are here. They might have a location or two, but I don't see why. Unless I'm missing something about them, I don't see why they wouldn't be allowed. Uh, but all you have to do is apply those rules, Okay. Originated in Lincoln or within 25-mile radius, serve food, and is not a regional chain. There's three legs to the stool. If you hit all three of them, now I did get a a, a note from a restaurant owner um, because the there was a, one a, a place that started in in Omaha that ended up coming here, and what, so they wanted to to d- define local as another 25 miles. Should we do that? So I'm asking you guys, because this is, is yours as is, is, is is much mine. Are you okay with my definition? Are you okay with the three-legged stool of started within the 25-mile radius and located there, at least a, a, a location there, serves food, and is not a regional chain with the way I defined a regional? Are we okay with this? Because I want to be unified going into this. I don't want this to come down. I don't want to get to February 18th and say, well, Jack, these rules these rules are arcane. They don't, they don't work. They may be, but I, now is the time to talk about them because we are setting it, and we want to get the word out about this. So I'm going to look at your feedback today. If you have a solution or a change you want to see, text me, uh, send it to, to my Twitter account, uh, email me JackM at k l i n dot com if you've got that suggestion let me know i will take it under advisement but we want this to be set and here's why we want to be able to go out and make sure all the restaurants know about this if they are eligible. And and, and frankly, we're really only talking about a few places that this would that would be on the line with this. I mentioned those those clear regional chains. Um you know one that one that was a question was like Laszlo's originated here, location in Omaha. I think they fall under the only one or two locations elsewhere, exception. But if there are any hard case studies, um, yeah. Um, let's see, and uh, single restaurants, too. Well, yeah, single... Sing, uh, so Kelly says single restaurants, too, like Wilderness Ridge, Art and Soul, TDK. Yeah, uh, uh, if they're a single, re- absolutely. The vast majority of the 60, field of 64 are going to be local single restaurants. Steve says he doesn't like the 25-mile radius, thinks it should be Lincoln only. Okay, so I've had one who wants me to expand the 25-mile radius, one who wants to bring down. Now, this is always, that's interesting that Steve thinks that. Because we all I will tell you what, in the history of this competition, whether it be last year or whether it be the previous years, the the restaurants that are slightly outside of the city limits, they come hard on these things. We've had um we've had winners from three non City of Lincoln restaurants, I believe. We had um we had Lippies Barbecue, uh we had uh, let's see. It was uh, Bailey's Local. That's Eagle, right? And then we had the uh, the place, and my name is slipping my mind. I apologize, but in Waverly, that just that just closed down. So those three all did. Kelly says agree. Lincoln only. Hmm. Hmm. You know, because there's always been the like the Ramondos uh, Ramondos Pizza. That's Raymond. They've always been someone who's gotten a lot of support. There was. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones just in areas outside of, the, you know, some Waverly, some Eagle. Do we go Lincoln only? Now, I, I will say this. I did a rundown for just kind of a everyone-eligible list, and I'm sure it wasn't 100% exhaustive, but I used the Convention of Visitors Bureau's restaurants listing and then looked at listings in the towns that would fit as well. We were somewhere around with those eligibility requirements, about 250 restaurants that were eligible. Two hundred fifty entities. That is not necessarily locations. Two hundred fifty entities. If you took, uh, if you made it Lincoln only, you would probably chop off. I don't know what do you guys think. Forty or so, uh, maybe on that. I'd take that under advisement. If if that's the if that's the big thing, here. So, absolutely. Uh, and then another. You started. Uh, you stated. Yeah da vinci's da vinci's would be in by my uh, taco uh, like da vinci's and taco in are comparable i think they would both be in under this started here only locations here um mr good sense i think they have locations they no, they've had other they've had locations other way that one might be a question mark on there as well so if you have any other case studies like that that we need to to talk about but our let, okay, listeners, though, my listeners in Raymond, my listeners in Hickman, my listeners in Waverly, uh, Wahoo would probably get in there, uh, Ceresco, are you guys, is that, a, I mean, how upset are you going to be at me if I leave you? Are, you, are you ditching the show if I go Lincoln City Limits? I, 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 there you go. Now, Mike says, Mike and Ralston says, go by zip code, set up parameters. Instead of just a 25 mile radius, I guess he means. I suppose I could. I suppose I could do that. Uh, But to me, it's just simpler to say either Lincoln City limits or a radius outside of the. It's it's not the close calls on it. It's whether or not the question is whether or not I include outside of Lincoln places because it gets so. Because there's you know Waverly is a big you know Waverly a big one because it's essentially I mean guys I know Waverly's not in the city limits but. I can get to Waverly faster than I can get to like the Highlands, and, and, and the same is true of some of the other towns. Laurie says Lancaster County only. Maybe that's a good middle ground from Laurie. Lancaster County only. I don't know. What do you What do you think, Seward County? You be upset, Saunders? You gonna be upset? I don't have a pro, I don't have a problem with that. John says, "In light of the uh, county health measures and how negatively they affect the restaurants, you should keep it to Lancaster County. Uh, benefited from the the mandate. Uh, all right, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Okay, yeah, my the good sense thing. Yeah, that was the corporate offices in Kansas City. All right, that's fine. Okay, I'm going to take that under advisement. You can continue to send me feedback." I kind of like the county. Are you Are you Lincoln City Limits people only? Okay with county only? And again, what What do you think in Seward County? What do you think in Saunders County? Let me know. All right, we'll take a break. 725 on KLIN.
4: I like the local news because it doesn't get into
0: all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and
1: Wealth Management on ninety nine three KLIN. All right, it is time to count them down. Let's get it started today with number five.
2: Several landowners uh, in Lancaster County have gone to court to challenge the county board's approval of that massive solar farm just to the east of Lincoln. Journal Star reporting landowners argue the project shouldn't have been approved because the zoning rules don't offer enough protection for neighboring property owners. Ranger Power out of Chicago wants to build a 250 megawatt solar farm on about 2,800 acres just east of Lincoln. The company's plan would put solar panels on ag land that previously could only be used for agricultural purposes or as Green space. In some places the solar panels could be placed four hundred and fifty feet from homes of landowners who did not sign a lease to be part of the project. And that's part of what they're going to argue in court. So told. so so the county board
1: made this decision. It was in a unanimous vote too, where they the the approval essentially one of the things that it did was change Mark um, the the zoning rules for this type of zoning.
2: Right, and there was some there were some changes right as they voted to increasing the setback in certain instances. So they they went through a lot of stuff on it. Right.
1: It, it, so the, and that was supposed to be part of the compromise that they put it at 450 feet. Uh, but some of the homeowners homeowners still say that is not a, enough. These are these are agricultural. Out lots. So th- these are open areas, part of acreage developments. Um, and it, it, they could previously, prior to the county board making this change, they could only be used for green space or agricultural use. Right. Now, solar panels fall under the allowable uses on this spot. And the appeal to the county board decision coming from the homeowners, the landowners, in this area, are are saying, well, it's against state law, local regulations, um, and then they also make arguments that the the, the facts uh, do not support the legal outcome that that became here, and then. Saying, and then there's a standard review called arbitrary, capricious, and unreasonable. Uh, and they're alleging that that's what the essentially the government agency decision was. So, no court date yet. But the crux of this whole thing is not necessarily the, the granting of the license generally, but the slight change in the zoning laws, as I understand it, that would allow the solar panels to be because they're not changing the zoning. They're just it's the changing use. the definition and, of, and what of the can zoning, be used, right? Yeah,
2: and what can be used on that land. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and now, the other side is that not all the landowners there are opposed to this thing. I mean, you've got about 2,800 acres that have been leased. So those people, you know, are, have gone along with it, but it's it's primarily, as I understand it, anyway, those that have, especially homes on smaller acreages in that area. Right. So.
1: Now, and I, I, you know, one of the homeowners said it's kind of ironic. I, this was a story from uh, October by Matt Olberding, um on this that I had read, kind of trying to learn more about this. But one of the homeowners says, "Hey, the the." Covenants on his lot that he owns there prevents him from having solar panels on his house or his land, and so he sees the irony there. That okay, well, you have this area that's zoned, and now they've been essentially allowed this to uh, to come in here. So. We will see. The company, is, as you mentioned, that is doing this is a Chicago company. And, and we're talking about that area, as you mentioned, uh, from about 120th to 190th and
2: then O to Havelock. So we're right. talking yeah. it's, extreme, it, you know, it's, real far east, northeast Lincoln. Yeah, and it's not all contiguous. It, you you got oh, to yeah, right. see the map. Yeah, you got to see the map. It goes from a very small area on O Street up to a much larger area towards the north.
1: That's a big solar farm.
2: Two hundred and fifty megawatts is a lot of power. Is it? Yeah.
1: I just know it's about twenty eight hundred acres when you put it all together, right? And so that would be that would be pretty significant for this. Now, no court date, and this is it's it, like I said, and it's appeal of a the county board action essentially, and it's so it's a direct appeal on this situation to be in Lancaster County District Court. No date is set yet for adjudicating this, and it's interesting the. You know, some of the media reports of this, some of the landowners are talking a little, some of the attorneys don't really want to say much about this thing. So yeah, this yeah, will be the, fascinating.
2: Yeah. And of course, this announcement came relatively close to when we, the announcement of that uh, $600 million data center. The mystery, whatever yeah. happened to that story? I we were know. obsessed with that for
1: like a month and then, eh? What? What, it, what? what's happening
2: with that thing? Moving on. Was it Number as, four was it nearly as much fun as Gerder Watch? I'll tell you that. Oh,
1: by the way, Gerder Watch continues. Thank you for bringing that up. I got a text from a listener, uh, Mike, I believe, uh, who uh, texted me a picture of uh, like 27th and South. The girders were going again uh, I'll uh, on, check into that. on Friday. So, if we can, if we have a regular schedule of girder watch activities again,
2: we got to get on it.
1: We got to get on it. It's going to be nice weather after tomorrow. Get your lawn chairs out. Kids don't have school Friday. It's, I mean, it's like it's like our version of the Star
2: City Parade. Yeah, now. you can take your lawn chairs out and you know watch the parade. Yep, absolutely. Hopefully, more girder watch. By the way, we'll check in. By over. the way, uh, you know, we were talking about the weather earlier. I uh, read right over the weekend, meteorologists have now been able to weigh a rainbow. Can you believe it? No. They've determined it's pretty light.
1: I wasn't even at the end of the segment. I was just throwing in the middle.
2: Number four. Well, this one's pretty serious. State Department ordering families of all American personnel in the U.S. Embassy in Kiev, uh, Ukraine, to leave. They're allowing non-essential staff to leave as well. The move comes into heightened fears of a Russian invasion. NATO putting extra forces on standby, sending more ships and fighter jets to Eastern Europe. Uh, NATO says Denmark sending a frigate to the Baltic Sea, deploying F-16 warplanes to Lithuania. Spain sending ships to join NATO's standing maritime force and and uh, could be sending fighters to Bulgaria. France, ready to send troops to Romania. All of this, uh, part of the 27-nation block over how to best deal with Russia. Okay, this sounds potentially explosive when you talk about all of these entities in there and
1: Russia being... Now, they've built up troops, and that's what's kind of led to all the conversations about this. They've built up troops near the border um, over over the last several months, but the numbers that are reported are tens of thousands of Russian troops along the Ukrainian yeah, they, border. They, they
2: say there could be more than uh, 120,000. I, I heard troops. Wow, and uh, that, are, that wow. are in that area. Of course, remember they uh, annexed Crimea, and this is right. uh, this is right there where all of this happened.
1: Yeah, What? I, I mean, I legitimately don't know the answer to this. Um, what happens if they invade?
2: Like, yeah. What's next if they do? Yeah. And over the weekend, um, some of the um, intelligence agencies—I believe it was uh, England, the UK, and one of the Scandinavian countries—reported that they have, have uncovered a plot to actually put Soviet-backed uh, people in government positions. So, in really? installing. Some of them.
1: Of I mean, the Secretary of State said yesterday, the "U.S. and its allies will deliver a swift, severe, and united response."
2: Well, so far they've talked primarily happens. about economic sanctions, but if they if they move in, I mean, yeah, I, when, you're that's, moving, when you're moving ships and troops and ammunition,
1: well, yeah, that's the th- that's where it takes another level to me because you're right; it has been talked about economic sanctions, but that sounds like a, a different level of this. Yes, it does. At this point. Um, So we'll say, and and Blinken wouldn't say if that included, you know, he kind of used that language, but when pushed on that, he wouldn't say specifically if that included U.S. forces, but said they're looking at, quote, very practical and important measures, including military options. So, yeah, that's a a potential powder keg
2: there. And China continues to be an issue as well on the other front. They're using this. To kind of uh, flex their muscles in and around Taiwan, right? So we could have we, we I have mean, a dual situation here. worldwide.
1: And, and you know, and then on top of this, this is all when these nations are gathered together for the Olympics yeah. in China.
2: Yeah, what do you do then? Holy cow! Number three, Chiefs will host the Bengals in the AFC Championship game next Sunday. Patrick Mahomes hit Travis Kelsey. Corner of the end zone early in overtime. Gave the Chiefs 42-36 triumph over the Bills. 378 yards passing by Mahomes. Three touchdowns, including a 64-yarder to Tyreek Hill. Second straight season, the Bills season has ended in Kansas City. As you mentioned earlier, Josh Allen did everything in his power. To prevent that, by throwing two scoring strikes to Gabriel Davis in the last minute and 54, and in the final 13 seconds of regular play, Mahomes just drilled it. I, you know, I don't. I'm a little bit of a
1: different type of NFL fan than other people who are. You know, most people in this, um, you know, in our listening audience have a favorite team, a clear favorite team. Usually, Chiefs, Packers, Vikings, Broncos. That you know, Bears maybe are the big ones around here. Um, for me, I've I've just bounced between teams over the years. I kind of... Nebraska football is my true love, and so that sort of impacts who my favorite NFL team is. And so I didn't feel... And so I'm kind of on the Bengals this year, because Zach Taylor. Um, but I will say this. For somebody who didn't have a huge dog in the fight, this was unbelievably compelling to me. Like, I have a hard time... I have a time sitting down when Nebraska's not playing college basketball in like January, sitting down and watching a college basketball game that doesn't involve, you know, like Kansas Kansas State played had a good game. I'm not. I have like virtually no interest in that, especially when Nebraska isn't doing well. But NFL, even if I don't have a dog in the fight, I don't care if it's Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football. I don't care what it is. I am always glued to it. And the way that it went this weekend is, you had that first game on Saturday with the Bengals, and and I and I said to myself. My good Bengals of the Titans, I said, that was a great game. Man, we will be lucky if all the games this week are as good as that first game because last week was so bad. Every successive game was better than the one before it for an entire weekend. I mean, it was great, and I hope next week can live up to it, too. Uh, I mentioned this in sports. The Bengals-Chiefs is the afternoon game. That'll be in Kansas City. And then the Niners-Rams will be the night game on Sunday. Well, early evening game on Sunday from L.A.
2: I wish they'd have them a little earlier in the day on the weekend. I I disagree. I like a a noon and 4 o'clock.
1: I hated it when they didn't have a night game on. They used to do that with the last weekend that happened. They used to be closer to the regular Sunday NFL schedule and then no night game. I hated not having a night game. But I don't go to bed as early as you, I guess.
2: Right. No, well, you're a lot. Younger. I, did, I I didn't go to Speak, bed early last. Speaking minute. of college uh, ball, did you see what uh, the Kansas State women's program pulled off over the weekend? Some, it was a huge scoring number, wasn't it? Yeah, but um, Ayoka Lee scored uh, all-time high in women's basketball in NCAA history: sixty-one points. <laughs> Kansas Stater. Uh, that uh, that gal from Iowa is going to try and
1: break that. I'm going to guess the next game that she plays. Moving on, Caitlin Clark. By the way.
2: Number two, here's uh, going to work uh, and doing uh, the job faced with severe staff shortage in schools because of COVID-19. New Mexico's governor, Michelle Lujan Grisham, stepping up to help. She told CNN she's registered to become a licensed substitute teacher and has asked state workers and National Guard members to volunteer as substitute teachers to help fill the gaps. Lujan Grisham had no prior education experience, but said the state needs help from the public for schools that aren't there aren't any other options. If you are a substitute teacher, how busy have you been? In the uh, can, I, uh, can you imagine? Honestly,
1: not the worst idea. Not the worst idea. Let's uh, have a, you know a voluntary program where we roll back some of the requirements.
2: I believe LPS has a volunteer program of some type. Let's
5: get people from
2: all walks of life in there. <laughs> this could be
1: dangerous. We're already there's already enough concern about what kids are being taught in school, but so you probably have some practical obstacles there but yeah imagine it i would go in and do a day i'd absolutely go in and, and do a day. now it, it probably would be better in elementary school where it's just general stuff if i had to go into
2: like a high school physics class that'd be a disaster there is a public local substitute teaching permit for lps the information's on their website Bachelor's degree or higher, teacher education, student of senior standings, you know, and and there's there's some requirements, but you can you can do that how, right here in Lincoln.
1: L- l- let's get some of the the local celebs involved. Like, how fun is it to go to school? And hey, maybe your teacher is Scott Frost that day, <laughs> right? Why not? Maybe your teacher is well. Some of those kids already had it with Kayla Caffey, the volleyball player. She actually was a substitute teacher. Maybe the mayor. Maybe maybe the mayor or the governor is in there. Maybe Ken Schimmick is your substitute teacher. Straight up, you just get a, and then it's an intensive one-day class on whatever their expertise is. Right. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like one of those master class things. Uh, no, uh,
2: what's the? I, what's I, the I, senior, not the
1: worst idea.
2: What's the senior program over there at uh, UNL? Uh, Ollie, um, O L L I, uh, on ongoing learning. Yeah. Uh, by seniors. Yeah. yeah. Maybe get get them involved have a, a session there that would qualify those of us that don't have college degrees
1: hey they're bringing in you know they're bringing in federal uh, military members to help with the hospitals and those sorts of things if this continues how about a call to the community do a day vol- do a day we'll set up the curriculum to something that that you can do well i do i'll vol- i will volunteer for a day if necessary
2: okay I'll volunteer Great. you for a day. It'll be, be fun.
1: And then we'll hopefully get a little you know
2: get okay, a little, Okay, we got the texture. I don't know who it is. It's, we'll find, find out. It's an eleven step process, they yeah. said to get see,
1: I figured there was you'd have to obviously do some significant changes to the red tape. Parents might not be yeah. happy about that. I don't, yeah. yeah, it's a pie in the sky idea. Never mind.
2: Number one. I still want to do it. Actually, uh, I got this email last Friday morning, my home email when I got home. Kind of unfortunate, uh, Weber Grills had sent out a recipe Friday morning early for barbecue meatloaf. But that was the day that meatloaf passed away. Uh, Jeez. It was their recipe of the week. Uh, Actually, he died Thursday. This came out early Friday morning. They said they did not; uh, they were not aware of his death. They have, uh, offered condolences to his family and friends. Um, very unfortunate timing. My guess is, is these types of things are set up days, if not weeks in advance, and automatically go out. I got it Friday morning uh, when I got Did home. you make it? No, I haven't, but I've got it. You think about it? Yep. I love meatloaf.
1: I didn't think I did... Um, it just seemed like sort of the go-to. I don't know. It's not marketed well. Like it doesn't. No. The name is not helpful. But I remember. Oh okay, yeah, this is a, a random shout out. But uh, when Granite City first came here mm-hmm. to Lincoln, the I remember the that was the first time I ever had, I had meatloaf and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. They had great. I don't know if they still have it on the menu or not. This was back at their their other location when they first opened. It was fantastic. But I think the big meatloaf needs to. Rethink their marketing. Need need another name. I don't know what it would be, but like uh, meat and then just a shape, which is the shape which, of the logo. Which is I know it's descriptive, but there's got to be uh, there's got to be some better marketing that can be
2: done for that. But, uh, were people really mad about this? I mean, uh, no, oh. I don't think they were mad. They. they but who knows? Some, you know, some people are going to be upset and be offended by anything. That's their goal in life is to be offended by something new every no, day.
1: I agree. Wait till M and M dies. What's uh? Yeah, my family would have a hard if they weren't supposed to eat M and M's for a day or talk about them, it'd be a problem. We go through peanut bed. ones or uh, plain. Son has the old nut allergy, so those are poison pills for him. Yeah. So, just the regular ones. Also, not cheap. I the, not the, at
2: all. Do they have some peanut butter ones now? Yeah. they Oh, they,
1: Like every single, whether you're talking about chips or M&M's or, or Oreos or whatever, they have more varieties than you will ever need of these things. I don't know who's buying some of these varieties of things when I go to the grocery store. Somebody is. I'm good, I'm good with two to three types of Doritos. I'm good with two types of M&M's. I'm good with regular and double stuff Oreo. That's good. I don't need <laughs> lemon cream flavor. 757. Take a break. That's it for the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. All right, welcome in at day 10. LNK today with Jack and friends. January 24th, 2022. One month ago was Christmas Eve. Think about
5: that. That's Think been a long about time about Tim ago, Rosa. Jack. And a, long a month time
1: from now, ago. winter will be shutting down and uh, we'll start playing the Jimmy Buffett.
5: You know, we really never stopped this A year. month from now, isn't it kind of a week from now? Aren't we looking at 50 degrees by Saturday? No, we're, that we're, back, that already? we're
1: back in, uh, we're through early February with the above average temps again.
5: Get your beach towel out and so, head on over to Holmes Lake. We're
1: probably going to get absolutely blitzed some week in February, but it's just going to be a week. That's the thing. I can deal, I can handle that. I don't need to. You know what? If anything else, the weather this year has helped Lincoln's future economy because I am less inclined to become a snowbird in my later years <laughs> because there was a lot of winters where it was very attractive. Go down to the Phoenix area. Go hang out with all those, uh, um, uh, people after retirement wear
5: their favorite Big Ten team on their sweatshirt all around Arizona. Jack's over here making a list of pros uh, for climate change, right? <laughs> <laughs> the warmer it gets, the less likely well, I mean, it's listen, to move out of the state. If, if life gives, Forget property tax uh, if, relief. Hey, if life gives
1: you lemons, I'll you know, stay in the state if it gets warmer here. Uh, that That's true. There's all this talk <laughs> about know. keeping young people in Lincoln <laughs> with property tax. One way that you can keep me in Lincoln is not make January and February the most miserable months ever, by far. That's one great way to do build it. Build
5: a me. big beach and make it usable in January. What? We'll Should, we do- Should we dome the lake? Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> 12, 12- yes, a retractable <laughs> The world's dome. largest indoor lake. There's probably enough dollars still to do that, yeah, put, I would think. Put the, the Omaha, the Henry Dorley Zoo dome over top of... We've got the technology a 7 mile long 6 mile We've got I think that six, might, change the, cri- that might change the critics That might change
1: the critics mind
5: I'm in I You can tax me for I that. Noticed, I will um, pay my tax for that. I noticed
1: some uh, uh, advocacy group opposing the lake followed me on Twitter. Really? They've seen too much jet ski talk from me on Twitter is, recently. There
5: is organized anti-lake? Yeah, it's like, oh. it like no to lake. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. I've I'll not play. seen it. I'm. I'm. So, I mean, that's surprising. Okay. I know. I've well, anti- got something to look into today. We used to have to the... Figure out how
1: serious Back that is. in the day, 10 years ago, we had the arenos, as we called them.
5: Arenos. Close. Yeah,
1: and yeah. now we've got the—I don't have a name for the uh, anti-lake movement yet, but I'll—I'll uh, I'll keep working on that. Yeah,
5: I'm st- let's I'm st- get clever. I got. I'm nothing starting right to now, think the lake. We'll is, I'm
1: starting to think the lake isn't going to happen.
5: I'm, I'm not, no, I'm not there yet, so. You're not I, there that it's not happening? I, no, I think I, if I were a betting man, I'd still put it, uh, I would, I think that if I were setting some odds, I'd put it at more likely than not. Mm. I just don't know where that is yet, because I have not quite, I think what's still yet to be known is exactly where it is, and exactly know what the is. plan, well, <laughs> Everybody's seen the drawings, right? I actually made a better
1: drawing than... I mean, than the reader of Chris Dunker did. I, I tweeted it out.
5: There is... I can tell you where it is. There is a... There is... There is... That's there's there are some members of the committee that I have talked to that continue to say like, "Look, it's not a hundred percent there where the paper put it, and i just don't I just don't know like so until I see until I see like here's the exact plans, here's what we're moving, here's how we're doing it, and here's the costs and the timeline like to me, it is not yet like solid enough that you can ask or that you can say. Yeah, there's going to be X number of votes or, like, people are rallying. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like it has to be a little bit more solid before we have a real gauge of whether this thing's happening or not.
1: I just feel like it's not i'd pro- I'm holding off there's a jet ski for sale at seventieth and Van Dorn. I've been thinking about just picking it up one of the days on the way home It's sitting right out there sitting. I mean if that wasn't a message, if that wasn't some kind of a divine providence that a jet ski just happens to go for sale when the lake comes up i don't know I don't know what to tell you but here's the here's the upside though they would put it in the place where I think it is going, which kind of is uh yeah i mean just think, just think real roughly from like the outlet mall to the cloisters on the Platte. Which is sort of the rough area in the map that I've looked, like all east of the river. Yeah, then um, maybe. It'll have an unintended but positive consequence of getting some more places to eat between Nebraska Crossing and Gretna. What is the deal? Do you people not eat in Gretna? <laughs> Gretna why, has- why is Highway 6 such a. I mean, Highway 6 is, is the. Uh, Highway 6 is to food between the Alamo and Gretna to what gas stations are to 70th between Van Dorn
5: and, uh, I don't know, Cornhusker. You take Highway 6 from Gretna to Lincoln? Like, or, like From, from the
1: all- Mall to into Gretna. From the Al- Oh, well, oh, yeah. That's a, yeah. it, a
5: left turn. I don't know. It goes. That's technically six, because yeah. it tees there. Uh, there are a couple of places there in in Gretna, but, but Gretna's just west of Omaha, right? Like, Don't you just go it's to just, Omaha?
1: I'm always surprised. Don't people
5: just go to Omaha to eat? I'm always surprised just at the lack of... When you're driving, through, you're
1: like, hey, kids, I want something to eat, Dad. And you're like, all right, we'll stop <laughs> someplace. And they did add an Amigos. I'll give them that. But, well, uh, yeah. You know, I, I just... I just wish there were more eligible places to eat in the town of Gretna.
5: I'm still, I still think the lake is more likely than not okay. to happen. So,
1: hey, um, so Mike that. Fled brings out the governor and the former governor.
5: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the rotunda. Yep. Yeah, it was an exciting. Day. It was an exciting day on Friday. Is there a t- over at the Capitol?
1: Is Fort going to even keep this going after this? <laughs> what
5: I mean, it's a legit question at this point. So here's the thing. So to me, to somebody who watches closely, uh, that press conference on Friday, those two endorsements, well, flood getting in the in the race signals something pretty clear, right? A guy like that who's got a history in politics, no slouch whatsoever. As you and I talked just last Monday, right? He's a serious candidate and a good candidate for that seat. He doesn't announce unless, I mean, that should tell you a lot about where things are headed, when when both of those those governors come out and stand next to him, all three of those guys standing in the Capitol um, supporting him, it it should tell you two things. One, I I don't think that Jeff Fordenberry is going to have any level of support from from serious players in party politics in this state. Um, it, it should also probably tell you that some of the national stuff's up in the air, um, and then second, man, it also tells you that nobody is betting on him to win. <laughs> right? He's not beating this thing. If you have, if you have people like Pete Ricketts, uh, Dave Heineman, and Mike Flood, all three coming out and saying, "Look, uh, that's it, what I'm saying." Ta- it, it, ble- it looks before, bleak. I'm not a. I'm not a legal expert. Not definitely not. You're a, an
1: actual attorney.
0: I That's know, the definition
5: of a legal. Nah, I don't. Just a, you. You could
1: run for county attorney. I don't.
5: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't practice. I don't practice federal criminal defense on like campaign Whatever. finance and and lying to the FBI. But a bunch of people who do are advising that he's probably not like. Oh, it's done. He's done. I uh, he's done. It's just a matter of time. Does he does he play it out and resign the seat in exchange for a plea deal? Like there's something out there that kind of keeps getting talked around that if he if he's convicted of a felony offense ultimately, I don't think he gets his pension from the from Congress. Oh, if he if he pleads to a misdemeanor, I think he still gets paid out or something like that. There's some sort of weird um that's been discussed kind of like implications for how this thing goes down I mean, if, so so he it is in his best interest to hold that seat and continue to be a viable candidate so he has something to trade when push comes to shove right i guess so i'm just it, lo- <laughs> it looks bleak yeah, it doesn't my, i mean this is, is clearly the disaster the situation
1: yeah. right now here's what you do though if you're here i've got a road map it's the emergency plan but for fort mary pick up your phone you know who you call you know who might not like those two guys standing up there and want to get something on. hey is Mr. Herbster available? Hi, this is Jeff. Hey, I wondered if you and I could kind of have an alliance here. Do you happen to know any former presidents that might want to be involved in that as well?
5: Yeah, that's an interesting discussion point, right? So Trump already came out on Fortenberry's side like the day of the indictment. I don't know if you remember that, but Trump put out a statement um, on his little letterhead thing that that, that President just, Trump does. Hey. Uh, I think he called him the Lion FBI or the Biden FBI or something, and um, right. going after hey, Jeff Fortenberry. Hey, so. Charles, I'd love if we could, you and I, to- together, put an
1: event in, say, uh, I don't know, March, right? Maybe in Grand Island. What value and maybe, does that maybe have Maybe for we Charles fill Erster. up the Heartland ah. Event Center. And maybe you bring a special guest? <laughs> what do you mean? What, is it, what, what, what does it have for Herbster?
5: Herbster's running for governor. Listen. Why does he have to get involved in a congressional race? I wouldn't touch her with a 10-foot pole. No way. Nah, stay away. That is, that is not but your But then fight. Fort Maryland's his support fight. to Herbster... Which brings no votes to the table, uh, <laughs> right? Listen, I didn't say point. it was Plan A. <laughs> uh, oh man, I don't know. Um, yeah, Friday was interesting. There, were, we were in the rotunda. Uh, everybody's kind of wondering who it was going to be. He heard that there was going to be a couple of governors. Is it going to be K or is it going to be Mike Johans? Is he going to walk out? And then Dave Heineman walked in. And everybody kind of went. <gasps> <laughs> I yeah, got him. Was, that was, was surprising. A, it was a different like yeah. uh, level of, of excitement about a
1: surprise guest than the surprise guest for. Jim Pillen's announcement for governor, which was
5: Pete Ricketts. <laughs> I mean, did the governor I mean, endorse two candidates last week? Right. Kinda, they kind of ran together, but, but the governor they, endorsed yeah, two. Yeah, press release. We able to speculate.
1: I, I looked like an idiot because I'm speculating on there. Who could it be? Could it be Christy Noem? Could it be like all these other people? I was like, oh, I assumed Ricketts was going to be there. T- I mean, he was the one, other than Pillen, he was the number two most likely person to be there. Yeah, he hadn't endorsed yet. Yeah, so I'll know. that's the. Um, so now I see Mike Groney is in the uh, marijuana legislation proposing business, which is not something I had on my bingo card for 2022. <laughs>
5: but is this what it looks like or not? Um, so Senator Groney, actually, I think he voted for the bill last year, at least for cloture yep. on the filibuster. And I remember him speaking in favor of it, it had sort of come around, last session on Senator Wishart's uh, pro medical cannabis or medical marijuana whatever however you want to refer to it um, medicinal cannabis there's a whole bunch of buzzwords and I never know what like what the, the right one what' the appropriate is. one is because some people it has different meanings for yeah. um, in terms of how you how you talk about it but Senator Groney came around and was was pretty supportive I think he was actually trying to whip votes for it for two reasons one I think he's kind of convinced from some personal experiences and people that he knows that there's some some value in the use of this drug Drug for medicinal reasons, and two, I, th- I, I kind of remember him talking about the risks you take, right, when you put it on the ballot. So he's he's decided the legislature like, fine. should know that by now. Yes, got a year year left before he's term limited out. So or which whatever is it? Is then has years? he changed uh, his
1: mind by talking with constituents, or has there been a group that's opposing this that has gotten a hold of him and has proposed this to be a poison pill, or?
5: does he even is he aware of that i mean i assume he is but well senator wisher actually put out a statement i think yesterday afternoon on social media with like you know some major problems with the bill um and from the pro marijuana side right here's the problems why this here's here's the reason this is a bad bill and it's a poison pill and it won't work in nebraska um that are basically arguing that it's too restrictive um that you you can find it's legal but you can't get any because there's no right to to grow it and you can't buy it from Colorado or whatever and use it um, so i mean there's it's a it's going to be a clear and interesting situation where absent some some collaboration between senator groney and and uh the folks that are supporting his bill and then the the previous, the pro-medical marijuana group, like the Senator Wisharts and the Senator Morfelds, and um, those that have sort of supported in the past, absent some sort of collaboration and some uh, compromise, I think, you're going to end up seeing medical marijuana being filibustered by people who have, like... Brought it forward in the past um, without some some aggressive changes is what it that's it's what it's shaping but up to be. That, that's that's, that's it gets prioritized, right, and gets uh, to the floor. True, and, uh,
1: this apparently is smart approaches to marijuana is 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 working on this bill, which is the anti yeah. So there's yeah. the anti medical marijuana group working on the pro sort of pro medical marijuana bill. Which, if that's true, that scenario you're talking about of working together. That ain't happening. Slams are slim
5: enough. Yeah, I mean, Sam has been involved. They have opposed marijuana in the past. What I will tell you is that they have also, though, been somewhat consistent at times. I mean, um, I have, in my professional capacity, worked with the director of their group uh, here in Nebraska. They've supported things um, that are, you know, done the right way, I guess. I... I'd, about the technicalities of this type of bill, I don't know. Um, I've worked with them on some CBD type issues and FDA approval issues and those sort of things. Um, and and they've been supportive of that sort of an effort. Yeah, so people
1: selling CBD, they're making
5: some dough.
1: It's everywhere. Holy isn't cow! It? I don't know if it does <laughs> a thing, CD but anywhere. I don't know if it does a thing, but
5: man, uh, does it cost some money. I've Holy. Said, yeah. Wow, I, we, I bought some for my dog once. Did it work? The, I don't. It's not cold, really. It's no. a, I mean, I have no idea. Put the little dropper in his right, mouth. Exactly. Enjoy the fireworks. His head, shake his head. And the, he, go back to
1: bed. Here's so. how, here's how you know if if that compromise is is possible, if this can move forward, or if this is truly a poison pill, and you'll have to check this out when you get to the Capitol today. If if Grony is wearing one of those <laughs> knit hooded ponchos. And and or, you see he and Erdman having a little hacky sack break at any time. <laughs> Comes out on the floor in a
5: tie-dye t-shirt.
1: <laughs> uh. Ditches the white short sleeves with the tie. Goes with the poncho and tie-dye. Oh, man. And And, yeah, that would probably be... The, the hacky sack the right, that would be too. The, well, then you know it's legit, right? Then that you know it. Then it's truly. This, is, this isn't a poison pill. This is a true effort to work on this. That should be a, a message to Senator Wishart.
5: I mean, to, here's the here's the thing. You put out you put out what you want, right? Or like the most restrictive possible, and you try to work back because we're at a point, Jack, where. Absent a Supreme Court opinion last year, that thing is on the ballot and probably approved leaps and bounds in a way that you don't have the type of control you have. And that's something that's been kind of swirling in the legislature for the last couple of years as this thing's been debated. But if you if you want to regulate and you want to control the the industry, the marijuana industry... That petition initiative really is a threat. And it's been tried before, right, on the property tax side. You and I have been discussing this, I think, since we've been on the radio, right? Is a property tax petition right. something to be scared of? Does it motivate It doesn't. People?
1: It never does. None of these things ever motivates the legislature, Tim. It never has. At, uh, it
5: never has. When,
1: because, and here's why, and you know why, it's because they want the voting record to be consistent, right? Uh, right? I don't think it's... I. I hear you. They want to go back to their I constituents hear- and say... I was anti, whether it was I was anti-death penalty, I was anti uh,
5: medical marijuana, I was anti-expansion of Medicaid. I mean, pick your favorite ballot measure. I hear what you're saying. I think it has been about, I think it has been less about that and more about the fact that the, the threat hasn't been real, right? So so the property tax group never had the money. None of the property tax groups have ever had the money to circulate the petitions. The the minimum wage thing happened on the first run, right? So there was no demonstration of a, a an effort to get the signatures. Just gambling happened two So the or three gambling times. changed the game then. Gamblings failed, right? That, the the gambling petitions failed and failed until they didn't. Um, so is the game changed now? After is that the one that did it? Gambling. I think there's a. I think there is now a pretty good playbook for how you get these things on the ballot, for how you go out and collect the signatures and the amount of money that you need, um, and I think that you you've got a situation where uh, the the machine is there and it's it's running. So right. yeah, I, it's going to happen whether they want to do it or not. I will believe it when I see it. All right. Hey,
1: thank you, Tim. I appreciate a good talk today. Uh, we'll take a break. Sports is next. Day twenty-seven on KLIN. He's a five-time Nebraska
0: Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk
1: Chatelin. All right, 43 degrees at forty-three on KLIN. It's time to talk to Dirk. And, and you know... I love it. It's been uh it's been a little bit of a a thin year talking about Nebraska basketball with Dirk, which is what we usually do this this time of year and and I was gonna get into the NFL, but then I realized in talking to uh, Dirk before we got on the air here that uh, we have not actually had any kind of exchange in real life or otherwise. Um, about what, uh, but what transpired with the NSAA last week. And, and Gretna, and for the background, if you've listened to our interviews or, or followed us before, we had kind of a, kind of a, uh, a good-natured, I'd like to think back and forth about the uh, NSA football playoffs when uh, my alma mater took on Dirk's current, uh, current town, Gretna, uh, and, he, and Dirk won, and he gloated like uh, like I probably would have. Um, he had a blind spot for uh, some of the questionable calls that happened in that game. But nonetheless, uh, that, that's, the, that's the background there on that. Um, so, uh, so I guess, so I want to put that just so people know that's the, that's the background of this whole thing. But I do want to kind of like talk about it like seriously and, and realistically. J- locally, Dirk, I mean, I think I can imagine, but locally, like, what's been the reaction to this whole stripping of the title thing there uh, in town?
3: Well, first of all, I do want to point out that I thought it was highly unprofessional uh, that from the next day that Lincoln, after Lincoln East lost, uh, you set out on a witch hunt to, to, uh, to to find the actual home domicile of every player on Gretna's team. Nothing to do with this. Following them home after school, hiring private investigators. Uh, Nothing uh, to do with this. This is completely false.
1: I don't do, everyone knows I don't do weird little research projects like that. That doesn't even
3: sound uh, like me. I thought you crossed the line. Um, But anyway, uh, no, it's, it's amazing how much discussion it is generated. And obviously in Gretna, probably more than other places, but, um, this is just like a classic hot button. Everybody's got an opinion on it. Uh, doesn't matter. I don't think it really matters where you live. Uh, it's, it's kind of got all the components and, you know, from a, from Gretna's point of view, I don't know all the details. I mean, I don't know. if I think there'll probably be some more stuff that comes out eventually. Uh, it sounds like Gretna, you know, th- there was a little bit of uh, negligence or dropping the ball on, you know, on something in the process. Um, I guess, I guess my issue with it is twofold. One, uh, if you know anything about Omaha high school recruiting um and and Lincoln to a lesser extent i think but but certainly in Omaha i mean kids are just going all over the place i mean it's you check the rosters of any of the top 5 teams in the state on a given year and and their home residences are all over the city now you could argue well that's open enrollment and that's that's the way it goes but but for the NSAA to to really you know isolate on something uh where where the kid has a genuine residence in the district. Now whether he goes there to sleep every night or not, you know, I don't know if anybody is uh wants to go too too far into that, but right. uh but it's like man, this is a very, very <laughs> it's very, very small small thing to uh to point out considering what everybody else is doing. And I really that's that's not my attempt to play, you know, what about, uh because I know that there's a lot of what aboutism in, in our society right, right. now. Uh, but but it's just it's just the facts. I mean, it's this is kind of where high school recruiting is right now. Am I understanding
1: uh, this right, though, Dirk? That if they had filed this paperwork before May first, everything would have been fine.
3: Well, but he was in school before May first, Jack. But yes, that's why I said I think I think Gretna, you know, they, they there was there was some documentation that they failed on this. I I, I think that's fair to say. Uh, the other issue I would have with it is what is how late is too late right um is is a year after a state championship too late is 6 months is it the end of the school year uh because i part of me thinks once you get to you know once you get to the end of the season that kind of has to be it um because i don't know i don't know how you know is what's the statute of limitations on something like this um and i you know Again, I'm trying to look at it from, from everybody's perspective. I don't have, you know, deep friendships in the Gretna High School football community. I mean, Gretna is sort of, you know, Metro Omaha at this point. Just where, a huge
1: fanboy, unconnected, got it. No, no, not even that. I mean, I, I, really,
3: I really am not. I just... Uh,
1: just talk just, trash to me. Okay, so that's the only way it manifests so itself.
3: I read the details the other day, and my first thought was like, that's it, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, like, I know. Like, yeah.
3: Like seriously, we're going to we're going to strip a school of a state championship because you know, because because of a documentation error. Yeah,
1: it felt like uh, more of a clerical thing than a, uh like a a procedural clerical thing than a substantive thing if I were going to give it legal terms.
3: Well, and again, going back to that statute of limitations thing. If that's the case in September and you want to come in and say, you know, I'm so, I'm really sorry, this is a this is an issue where the kid can't play the rest of the year. You know, you guys dropped the ball on this. you know, that's one thing, but geez, to come back, you know, a month after the season ends, yeah. uh, that, that just seems like it opens up a can of worms that I don't know if you want to go into. I mean, you know, what happens if I come to the MSAA and say, uh, two years ago when Omaha central won the state championship, you know, their point guard, you know, it's like, I don't know where this ends. Yeah. So, uh, now, granted, that's the classic slippery slope argument, and we could do that with, with lots of different things. But it just it feels like a 50-year-old NSA statute that uh, probably needs some modernizing in the, in the new world of kids moving all over the place. Yeah. Well,
1: like in Lincoln, within LPS, this isn't necessary to NSAA, but there's open enrollment. But you've got to for for the schools that are close to overcrowded, you've got to do it before like January thirty first, essentially right. for the next school year. And so, I mean, so you're prevented in a lot of cases from even doing it in, in the time period that that would that would happen. But yeah, you're right, and, and I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine the rumor mill. Who who who? who uh, who who told on him? Who was the one who yeah, was the source that, of this? And that's got to be
3: that. That really that stinks because you know that that doesn't that doesn't end well for anybody. Uh, you know, there's been a little Twitter spat between the West Side, uh, you know, the West Side School District and the Gretna School District, and um, you know, it's just I don't know. It makes everybody look kind of small, and I and honestly, I think. I think the NSA, I mean, I know those people. I know they're trying to do what's right. Uh, but gosh darn it. I mean, I think, I think there comes a point in time where, where you have to, uh, you, you've got to look at the, the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law and the consequences of, of a decision like this. And, um, I don't know. It's, I don't think the story's over. I mean, it's, uh, I, I think. I think Gretna is is going to keep pushing forward, and probably, you know, will try to recognize the state championship, even if the NSA doesn't doesn't acknowledge it, and that will make it sort of awkward going forward. So,
1: can they make their uh, own trophy? Like,
3: well, like seriously, I mean, did, could they put the? Is the
1: NSA going to come in? I know they're taking the trophy, but you know, most of the gyms have the banners of all state championships.
3: Like, does, can the NSA regulate that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't either. I mean. Jack, it's not crazy to think that you're going to drive to Gretna in three months, and there's going to be, you know, a freaking billboard uh, that says, you know, uh, we, this is where we put our trophy or something like uh, that. I, I mean, no, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's in the works. I don't know anything about it. Uh, wouldn't but, be surprising. But, but I think there is a, a streak of defiance uh, in 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 the city of Gretna right now. To you know to. To make a big deal out of it, I'm sure. So,
1: uh, think of all the people that'll see that uh, s- sign when they get the lake going out there too.
3: <laughs> That's right. That's right. We could just we could just put it in the middle of the lake. Just have it be a boat that like travels around. You know, like with, <laughs> like the an it, advertisement.
1: Like when the pl- planes fly over Memorial Stadium, yeah. advertising Woodhouse or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Paint Brad and Fox. All text me and says, "Paint the water tower." <laughs>
3: You know, it's funny though, Jack. I mean, you think about the stories. You know, if you were going to create a story to to get people talking, uh I mean, it, it doesn't do a whole lot. You can't do much better than that. I mean, there no. so many com- there were so many components yeah. in that story last week. And even if you didn't follow it, which I'm sure you and I followed it more closely than your average listener, but um, you know, the idea that a school would would have a state championship stripped because because a player was supposedly not living in the right house um you know it's just a really compelling story it's, it's sort of a kind of a uh there's a there's a little bit of an anti-big government streak in there it's just it's got all of it so <laughs> all of the yeah you combine a little
1: politics a little uh a little youth sports a little town rivalry
3: and and yeah, you've some, got you got all some, of it so, so, some backroom shenanigans with you know who turned him in and who voted right. yes and all this right. stuff and it's well, uh, listen. We, we can ne- make a podcast. We can make a podcast out of this.
1: Absolutely, Let's do it. Absolutely, I'm all in. I'm all in. By the way, you know, and, and we all want more football. How about a little spring football? Get Elkhorn South back out there. Get Lincoln East out there. Give them the forfeit. Play that out. Winner takes on Omaha North. Winner of that takes on West Side. Spring high <laughs> school football the, season.
3: I was at the Elkhorn South Gretna High School basketball game on Thursday night, and uh, I was waiting for my kid to get out of practice, so I stopped in and watched an hour of the game and. Uh, the Elkhorn South kids, to their credit, were just ruthless. I mean, they just every opportunity they're chanting, "Where's your trophy?" Oh. You know, and all this stuff. And It really took me back to Columbus High, 1998, when you know that was my claim to fame was coming up with chants like that. So, by
1: the way, Tuesday, February 17th, Omaha West Side at Gretna Basketball.
3: <laughs> That'll be fun.
1: Might have to go to that. Yeesh. <laughs>
3: Uh, all right,
1: um, <laughs> NFL. Was this the best NFL uh, the the best weekend of NFL playoffs in your memory?
3: Yes, but I feel like I say that once every two years. So it's so, uh, it's all stinking so good. The the Dirk, this league is so good
1: right now. Oh I, my god, it is it's- so stinking compelling. Remember, the, the, everybody's saying oh, this thing's going to die. The political stuff and all, all the other the concussion stuff. It is the best it's ever been
3: i'm not uh, and, i think it is and i I realize this is this is minor blasphemy, considering uh the part of the country that we live, but to me the n f l is so much more compelling than college football uh and and you know the last two days are are great evidence of that, and I realize you know college has its moments too, but the consistency of the n f l and and just somehow it's like a it's like a stinking NBA Jam video game where the computer wires it where every one of these games comes down to the last minute. Uh, computer it's, assist. It's, it's unbelievable, and the the playmaking involved. Uh, you know, you can you can watch a game like like Titans Bengals, and it doesn't feel like there's any way that either team can score. And then you can watch a games like Chiefs Bills, and it doesn't feel like there's any way that either team can't score, um, it's just got it all. And, and obviously last night was the was the culmination and, and, you know, one of the best playoff games, I think, ever. Um, yeah. Again, we're going to forget all this stuff. We forget it all three years later. I mean, there was a Super Bowl where there was a 28-3 to 3 comeback in the last, like, 20 minutes, and everybody's already forgot it by now. So, um, you know, I, I realize that this stuff kind of, Kind of goes in in uh, short memory, but 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 last night I feel like that was the performance. It was really a sixty you know sixty five seventy minute game where you just watched it and you couldn't take your eyes off. But every yep. possession felt huge. Um, it sort of felt like if you go back and you know watch the the Miami Nebraska Orange Bowl from nineteen eighty four. You know it's just one of those games where it just felt like every play, every possession. Uh, felt consequential, and I, I give a lot of credit to to Allen
1: and Mahomes for, for sort of driving the boat the on that. NFL, I would say the NFL, especially postseason, but also really primetime night games, the f- first and second round of the NCAA tournament. I'm trying to think of these rare these rare sporting events for me where, and we've talked about this a bazillion times, where if I have no dog in the hunt in it, but I'm still completely compelled. And they're fr- they're really, being a huge sports fan that I am, there really aren't many. I mean, I wouldn't put the World Series in that. I wouldn't put the, you know, It'd be hard for me to put the college football playoff in that. Um, a regular Saturday of college football, maybe a little bit more so, but definitely the postseason in that whole thing, and and that's what they've done so far. I can't I can't think of many other things where I can't do it where I'm really into it. I, it's a can't miss thing if I am, uh, if I don't have a dog in the fight.
3: Well, and and part of the beauty of it is is it still feels like such a big deal. You know, yeah. the NFL in some ways has been saturated, but you watched that game last night and and you just feel the agony for Buffalo right i mean yeah. it's just, oh yeah i mean i i am not a bills fan but i i like oh my gosh i i could barely sleep last night it's feeling so bad for buffalo uh and feeling so bad for josh allen oh my gosh what more could a guy do to to win a huge playoff game and, and get to the super bowl and uh they just got it ripped away from him I, so
1: yeah that that's the the, the guy who went from throwing an interception to Nathan Gary that Nathan Gary then handed back to him <laughs> to one of the most incredible I mean he was unbelievable like I don't know yep. I legitimately oh Chiefs fans are going to be mad at this but man you give me a choice right now Josh Allen or Mahomes um, to take as my quarterback for the future I, I'd i have to think
3: uh, am I, is that I, crazy? No it's not crazy but, but Mahomes you know reminded you in 13 seconds that uh <laughs> that he's pretty important too. Yeah. Um and you know, it's just to localize this for for one minute. Uh I don't think uh for Zach Taylor is as much as he's accomplished. I don't think I'd want to go into Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday and and try to win an NFC so championship game.
1: We had a listener that went to that game and he texted me um a picture last night of where he's sitting and he said I've never heard a stadium this loud. And I assume he's been to Nebraska games, but he said I've never wow. heard anything like it. Which you could hear. I mean, Romo was talking about it. He was like, "There's not." He goes, "There's nothing you can do here. There's no way you can communicate at that point." Now it's uh, yeah. interesting. They gave yeah, him the day game instead of the night game next week, though.
3: Yeah, it's sort of predetermined. It's I think Rams and Rams and Forty Nine ers is going to feel like a little anticlimactic. Uh, I agree. But, uh, but it's it's. I said last night. I made a reference to it. The other thing that is so cool about this is Buffalo, Kansas City, right? Like. We're not talking. What What are the marking, market rankings for Buffalo and Kansas City? Right in the pec, in the pecking order of American cities. I mean, it's just yeah. It's not it's I not love,
1: Giants Cowboys, right? Yeah.
3: One thing One thing I love about it is that it's like, you know, Buffalo, New York doesn't have a lot going on, right? Mm-hmm. But they got the they got the best young quarterback in the NFL. They've got this incredible supporting cast. Uh, same thing in Kansas City. It's like it, it kind of feels like a it just makes it a little bit better I think that it that it's happening in those places. You know, if it was the NBA you'd be you'd just be waiting for those stars to leave. Or if it was you know, M L B same thing, it's like, Oh, when's Josh Allen gonna sign with the Yankees? But uh, you know, this feels like it really has some staying power and I I think that makes it even better.
1: And then I had a little bit of, you know, I'm the NFL vagabond cheering for uh, cheering for Huskers in the NFL and teams that feature Huskers. The Sue to Levante, Sue Strip, Levante David recover, recovery. As I said on Twitter, all I needed was a lateral to Dejon Gomes or Eric Hague <laughs> to make it complete, taking the distance. that nice been nice. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you, and then we all spoke a little too soon on that. No, it's right. funny. I, I, I heard somebody say today uh, that, you know, the – The likely MVP gets knocked out of the playoffs, never to play for, for a iconic franchise again. Uh, of course, alluding to Aaron Rodgers. And that was the third most interesting story of the weekend. Unbelievable. Uh, like you said, it's just the league has it all and divisional weekend always packs the best punch of quantity and quality at the same time. That is Uh, unfortunately next weekend can't possibly be as good just because there's not as many games. Yeah,
1: it's kind of it's that NCAA tournament going from thirty-two to sixteen is is what that is. So yep. All right, hey, uh, great to talk to you, Dirk. Uh, appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll check up again uh, a week from now. All right.
3: You can give up your secret campaign with the NSA uh, and move on to move on to other.
1: Stop, towns. stop it! Listen, I, 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 I one beef with that game it had nothing to do with eligible players, and you know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> talk to you later. Yeah, There's Dirk Chatlin, eight fifty-five on KLIN. All right, thank you, Brittany. Right now, 43 degrees in the capital city, going downhill temperature-wise from here. Although sun's out, looks nice out there in the capital city. Uh, All right, coming up... Tomorrow on the show, it is a Top 5 Tuesday. I'm going to send out our uh, topic this I'm kind of excited about the topic this week, so be listening for that. We love to hear your rankings on Top 5 Tuesday. I also have Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, and the return of John Baylor. Hey! Yeah, JB is going to be back with us, and we've had quite a decent amount of... Of volleyball news, we'll get to that and some some of the other things going on in the world. Always like his uh, his thoughts on the uh, university uh, type issues that are happening with his work with uh, on a college. So, we'll, we'll talk to him as well. Uh, that's all coming up. Of course, all the news coming up now. Uh, any further thoughts on Munch Madness? We're we're trying to clarify, tweak if necessary, the eligibility requirements. And just happens that comes after that conversation with Dirk about eligibility, but this is very different. The eligibility requirements. The biggest question that's come out is should our local include Lincoln only, Lancaster County only, a 25 mile radius, rough, like we did last year, or something even expanded for that. If you have strong feelings on this, I want to hear from you. Shoot me a text, shoot me a message, shoot me a tweet, whatever, because we are going to make a decision on this and get it on your calendar. February 18th is the selection show brought to you by the University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. That's it. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 o'clock. KLI and Lincoln.